Hello, welcome to the Above the Clouds podcast. I'm your host, Gaynor Turner, and in this and my future episodes, I'll be talking through all things expat and living in the fabulous Emirate of Dubai to starting my own fashion business and manifesting, plus being a mum to my two children and setting financial as well as life goals to achieve absolutely anything. So good morning, everyone. A very warm welcome to episode 54. Uh, I hope your week has gone really well. And apologies again, I just sound very nasally at the moment. I don't know whether it's a thing about living in air conditioning because I've, honestly, my sinuses all the time just feel bunged up. So I constantly sound like I've got the cold or something. Um, But again, I am a little bit tired again because we had Pudsy in with us last night and I got bitten twice. (laughs) He's never coming in with us ever again, honestly. But yes, I'm far too lenient because, you know, if the dogs bark or if they look sad, it's the same with the children, obviously not the barking, but <laughs> but I just can't say no. I'm just such a softy. So yeah, but he, he has uh, he, he has done that for the last time now. <laughs> but yeah, so I hope your week has gone really well and you've been really productive. I feel like I've spent this week in the car pretty much just driving the children back and forth to various different activities but Molly started piano now and she's absolutely loving it so I'm really pleased for her that she's doing that and her teacher said she's doing really well and she's been doing work herself that I didn't even know about so she already knows all of the notes so I think she's picking up sort of uh, reading music quite quickly which is wonderful Um, and now Oscar actually plays football twice a week for his new football club So he's actually moved to a football club on Ranches 2, where we're moving to. Um, And that just feels right. You know, when we first went there on his first ever ever session with them, it just felt incredible. And even Molly commented on it. Uh, She came with me to pick him up the one day. And she said, gosh, the atmosphere is lovely here. And it really does feel like a community because they actually play in the, the community park there. So there's all different sessions going on for all different age groups. But people are taking picnics there. There are families all sitting down and sort of watching the sessions. Uh, Other children on the the playground uh, just behind it. But a really, really lovely, fun atmosphere. And now, any time Oscar mentions his football club, he smiles. And it's, it's only a little thing to pick up on, isn't it? But he's really, really happy there. And his really good friend plays for the same team as well, which was a big reason for him wanting to join. But it was lovely when he actually signed up to them. Um, the, the sort of owner of the of the football club came over and gave him a bag with his um his like football kit in there and he shook his hands and he shook shook his hand sorry and said uh, welcome to the club um but yeah before that he'd had another coach come over to him because he'd got his Aston Villa kit on and he just gave him a hug and he said a villa man (laughs) um and this guy was talking to him all about um Aston Villa but there's a lot of banter as well so the the coaches were shouting over to him saying you know that they may have had a good season but you know that that they're not going to continue doing well and Oscar was just laughing so great atmosphere fantastic football club and uh, yeah so again it feels very um very manifesty because when he's playing football now I normally go for a walk around the ranches just putting myself in the the mind space of this is what I'm going to be doing you know I'm going to be living here And he'll be able to walk to football when we actually live on ranches too. So yeah, it just feels really, really positive and a great move. And no more sitting in big traffic jams, which is incredible. 
And then update from last weekend, because we were due to do the afternoon tea at the Hilton. Um, but when we got there, it was actually, it wasn't in a restaurant. It was in like a, just an area in the main reception, which was quite busy. Um, so it didn't feel that special, actually, although the actual afternoon tea itself looked beautiful. Um, so we decided, we actually heard some music playing and it was from the Trader Vic's restaurant just next door. So we went to to have a look at it and it was basically just like this this party going on um this brunch and luckily that they, they had room um so yeah so we ended up joining the a Polynesian themed brunch instead um so there was me saying that we were going to experience all different things this year um but it was just a party so you went in there and there was a live like salsa band playing and there were dancers, like Strictly Come Dancing type dancers in feathers and what have you. But just really, really fun. And we all looked at each other and were like, yeah, let's go in. Um, but it was great. Again, it was a, a buffet style. So they had lovely food and just the kind of food you fancied, sort of picky type food. So they had all sushi and then they had all Asian bits as well. So noodles and rice Um and yeah, the, the children were, were very happy. And then they had a lovely dessert station. They had like a, a rhubarb crumble, which was so nice. But they had a, a pancake station as well. So Oscar was happy. He was going up and ordering his own pancakes. And then they had fabulous cocktails as well. Um, so the children were having sort of mocktails in these fabulous glasses. It was just very visually pleasing it was just such fun in there and I said to Richard I'll definitely go there for my birthday next time um, because it was somebody's birthday and it just really makes me laugh because they sort of surround the person you know all, all these sort of people come out and sing happy birthday but they did about seven verses of it <laughs> but in sort of a calypso style really really funny so but yeah I had a, a taste of a, a a tiki puka puka cocktail and I remember having these like however long ago probably 12 13 years ago when we first lived here because we used to have a trade of X in the um on, on the floor sort of uh, a few floors below our apartment which that's a bit dangerous isn't it um but yeah so it just taking us one sip of this cocktail just completely transported me back to that time because I haven't had them since and they are lethal um so yeah I, I didn't end up uh, drinking more than than one sip because I thought I'd be carried out of there but um but yeah just a really really fun lovely family afternoon because Richard had been really busy with work doing all sorts of things so it was just nice to have that uh, ha- have that family time, you know, and just uh, just catch up in a fun environment. Brilliant. Now, just an update as well. You know, after recording last week's Groundhog Day ep- episode, I don't know if you listened to that, um, but you might remember towards the end of it, I recommended Stephen Bartlett's Diary of a CEO interviews on YouTube. Um, just phenomenal interviews, and I'd been watching those. And then just after recording that, and it was about timing wise, probably about 15 minutes before that episode was actually due to go live. I had a message come through from my friend that I actually met at a networking event last year, telling me that Stephen Bartlett is coming to Dubai to do this like business type seminar in April. And she thought I might be interested so that's very manifest, isn't it? I was really surprised when I saw it, but delighted as well. Um, 
yeah, so it hadn't even gone live, me actually saying that. And she'd sent sent this uh, message through. And then I had a look at the tickets and they had all of the normal tickets and the normal ticket prices. But then they also had a meet and greet package. So I actually asked her, I said, do, do you fancy going? Because I, I couldn't think of anyone I knew that might be interested in, in actually going. So I was prepared to actually go on my own. But um, but yeah, she said definitely. So we, within uh, probably half an hour, we'd book the tickets and, and that's it, we're going. So but yeah, I'm actually going to meet Stephen Bartlett. How amazing is that? And I'm trying to think of something, because you, you get to have your photo taken with him. Um, he'll autograph uh, sort of a book or, or a picture for you. And then you can sort of briefly speak to him. So I'm trying to think of something profound to ask him that's going to change my life. Um, but I'd actually thought heard through different podcasts that I've listened to. Uh, one is Denise Duffield Thomas's but also Mark Tweedy, who does the Canny Crystals podcast, um, who's all about manifesting and this kind of thing. Um, but they both recommended at different times that if ever you get a chance to go to one of these type seminars and actually can afford to upgrade so that you actually get to meet the person, it's just incredible, um, you know, and you can get so much out of actually meeting meeting the people. Um, and again, it's it's changing your mindset on what you think is possible. And I think when you stand in the company of people that have achieved an awful lot, it it sort of stretches your belief in what's what's possible. So yes, I'll, I'll be uh, really excited to to sort of. Uh, talk to you about that when it happens I don't think I'll be nervous because you know if it was brass then (laughs) maybe I'd be nervous but um it'll still be quite surreal won't it to actually meet him because I have been watching all of his interviews but he's so lovely and I think for me he's quite um quite different to how I thought because on Dragon's Den for me I wasn't sure if I liked him because he came across quite sort of almost standoffish but I think the more I watch these interviews, you get to know him a little bit better. And he's really, really lovely. So, yeah, super excited. And then just going very briefly back to Einstein's theory of relativity from last week. <laughs> um, I actually had a light bulb moment. And again, I don't know whether it was the Tiki Puka Puka that, that sort of helped. But um, I actually thought of an example that might be the same thing as what he was talking about with the time and space example. Because he'd said that all movement has to be measured. So the movement of space needs to be measured against the movement of time. So what I thought was a similar example, and I think I'm understanding this correctly now, is basically if you compare wages in different countries, so say, for example, if you live in Monaco, you earn a lot more money because it's tax-free. But then the cost of rent and house prices is much, much higher. So it's all relative. It's something that you can measure um, sort of wages or the cost of living against. I don't know. Is that right? I mean, correct me if, if that's not right. But so really, we've all been living the theory of relativity without even realizing it. So well done, everybody. <laughs> That's probably completely wrong, but that, that's sort of a, a comparison that, that I thought might uh, might be relevant. Anyway, so today's episode, I actually wanted to talk to you about naysayers. And if you're not sure what a naysayer is, it's basically a person who criticizes, objects to or opposes something. 
And if you look naysayers up on Google, it actually says that naysayers, and this is just Google's opinion, uh, naysayers are negative and cynical people who aren't much fun to be around. (laughs) And if, for example, you respond to every invitation with, no thanks, I wouldn't have fun anyway, or answer questions of how your day went with a list of complaints, then you are, in fact, a naysayer. Now, in my life, I've met possibly hundreds of naysayers, and I dare say you have too. And naysayers, in my experience, usually have the most forthright and strong opinions about things that they have no personal experience of, and yet they're the first people to say, with complete conviction, that things are impossible or cannot be done. Now, in the past, I think due to me travelling, I found that naysayers were practically lining up to tell me why I shouldn't go to where I was planning to go to. And you would always hear sort of things like, well, Jeanette from Accounts went there with her husband and the people were horrible there, so don't go there. And, you know, they would really mean it and they would almost be meaning well by telling you these things. And I think officers are are practically homes for naysayers. (laughs) And in the psychology of naysayers, it's quite obvious if you dig a little bit below the surface that sometimes it's just people projecting their own limitations and fears onto others. Now, in the film The Pursuit of Happiness, which is my favourite film of all time, uh, there's a beautiful scene with Will Smith talking to his young son who's enjoying playing basketball. And as he shoots the basketball, his son says, I'm going pro, meaning he wants to be a professional basketball player when he grows up. And Will tells him not to spend all of his time shooting his basketball all day and night because he will probably only ever be as average as it as he was. And then he stops for a minute as he sees his son's face drop and he thinks about what he's just said to him. And then he says, my favourite quote of all time, um, and you know I do love a quote, um, don't ever let anyone tell you you can't do something, not even me. If you've got a dream, you've got to protect it. If people can't do something themselves, they want to tell you, you can't do it. Love that. I just, oh, that film anyway, it's just, it's changed my life (laughs) completely. Um, But yeah, going back to travelling, When I told people that I was moving to New York, and I was actually working at the gym at the time, um, and I was 23, it's so funny how people would come into the gym just to have a workout, sort of members, but impact these bombs of wisdom about how apparently if you go to New York, you get shot, and then they just carry on with their day and carry on doing their workout as (laughs) as if, you know, nothing at all, but... It was the same thing when moving to Dubai. Everyone had lovely horror stories that they'd really relish in telling you about how we'll get arrested and apparently how you can't drink or wear a bikini there. And this was information that they'd usually gathered through reading a newspaper, um, not by actually going there themselves. And it's not true, by the way. Um, But I think it's almost like, I don't know if you've seen the film The Truman Show with Jim Carrey, But it's where it almost unsettles people to see someone breaking out of the usual way of life and doing something different because it may lead them to question their own choices and their own way of life. 
So I really think there is something in when people are sort of really insistent on telling you that what you're about to do is wrong for whatever reason. It says more about the person that's telling you that than you and your choices that you're making. And it's so important to just stand by what you feel that you want to do or your dreams and your goals. Now, another amazing film for me that I absolutely love is Eddie the Eagle. Um, and he's actually on Dancing on Ice at the moment. And he's absolutely phenomenal. I think he's he's got real, uh, real genuine talent. Hasn't always been taken seriously because of his persona and his personality. Um, that he's just a, a very fun-loving guy who loves people. Um But he's absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you know about Eddie the Eagle, but um, he basically became the first competitor to represent Great Britain in the 1988 Olympics for ski jumping. And he actually held that title for 13 years. Um, I think what's incredible about him was considering he was never, ever taken seriously. And he actually came last in the 1988 Olympics. But because his personality was so incredible you know, everybody loved and adored him. And it was so out of the norm to how an Olympian behaves. Um, But yeah, he's just absolutely incredible. Um, But he, if he would have listened to all the naysayers, and he must have had so many people, including his own dad, telling him that he will never succeed, um, then he would have never got started because it would have paralyzed him into disbelieving in his own abilities and his own dreams. And he says, I had no money, no training facilities, no snow, no ski jumps, no trainers, but I still managed to ski jump for my country. And he also says it takes a lot of guts to jump. If people criticise, I would give them a set of skis and say, do it yourself then, which I absolutely love that. And I think often if you challenge people that are questioning your choices or your dreams, you know, they'll probably be outraged and very defensive if you actually question them back. Um, But he actually said another quote as well, which I'll I'll just leave you with because I thought it was very funny. (laughs) He said, when I started competing, I was so broke that I had to tie my helmet on with a piece of string. And one jump, the string snapped and my helmet carried on further than I did. I may have been the first ski jumper ever that was beaten by his gear. (laughs) I just think he's absolutely wonderful. And I'm definitely going to buy one of his books because... Yeah, he's gone on to study law and he now travels all over the world as a motivational speaker and a very unlikely motivational speaker. And I think that's what's so endearing about him and encourages you that whatever it is that you want to do, no matter where you're starting from, no matter what your background is or your experience, you know, you can go on to achieve incredible things or just achieve something that you really want to do. But never let people tell you or change your mind or put doubt or fear in you that have never, ever experienced it themselves. And I say you will probably find that most people telling you that you can't do it haven't done an awful lot themselves. So, so yeah, so so just keep going. Um, but, yeah, I just thought that was quite, quite sort of heartwarming to, to look at him. Um, but, yeah, I, I hope he does really well in Dancing on Ice, and I'm sure he will. And he's 60. He doesn't look 60, but, um, yeah, just amazing. But 
I hope you've got something out of, of this episode just to to sort of realize when people are telling you these uh, these horror stories and things and uh, yeah that this is the year to uh, really go after what you really want and what you truly desire so go for it I say <laughs> But yes, you can find me on Instagram at Gainer Above the Clouds. My online store is abovetheclouds.boutique. And again, with your 10% welcome discount, the code is on their homepage there. Um, but yes, in the meantime, I hope you have a fabulous weekend ahead. And I shall see you next time. Bye for now.